Friday then, Saturday, Sunday, what? Saturday, Sunday. Okay, 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 uh-huh, okay. It's Friday, ladies and gentlemen. Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. It's Friday. What you doing? It's Friday. What you doing? It's Friday. What you doing? It's Friday. GM, good morning, good morning. Friday, August 5th, 2022. Look at that. It's another beautiful day to have a beautiful fucking day. Mando, Ovi, Golden, how y'all doing this morning? GM, man, Friday. It's a beautiful day in Lisbon again. Uh, yeah, good week. I think it's ending in a good way. Oh, hell yeah. Ovi, how are you doing? Happy Friday. Happy Friday. Wow. I'm pumped right now. I'm pumped. Very pumped. I think, I think we need to... I think we need to... There needs to be an intervention with OSF here. Like, just his mental health seems to be going downhill as the weeks have gone on. Like, no, no enthusiasm every single morning. The jingle doesn't even get him out of bed at the moment. Osef, what's I going on? Happy, I said happy Friday. I said happy Friday. Osef, what's happening? Tell me. Talk to me. I'm your friend. I had it. The signs this, this is a safe space. Do you, We're here guys, to listen. Do you guys really want to know what happened? Yes. Today. Well, so I've been trying to like pick up my golf game over the last few weeks, and 
I basically went to the range almost like every day this week. Like I had a lesson yesterday. I was just, I was hitting the ball so well, like better than I ever hit it. Um, and so I went to play today and I was so pumped. I was like, yeah, like this is going to be like the one run, like fucking play really well. And I played really well last week as well. And it was just, I just had like the worst round ever. It was like, I was like shanking balls left, right and center. It was like coming off the toe of my club. Like I lost like 10 balls. It was just terrible. Um, and that's put, now put me in a bad mood for the rest of the day. <laughs> Damn. The sort of mood. Whoa, man. Whoa. Went into a, another universe and came back. Mando? I, I, I said, is it the sort of mood where you go home and eat cheese strings alone naked? Because that's, that's the state that I found OSF in it about two hours ago. <laughs> I was eating cheese strings naked when you called me earlier. Video called me earlier. Yeah. Well, hold on. I, I, how do we go from golfing to cheese string naked i don't know yeah but, um, i mean i didn't know either but <laughs> so about the golf game Ovi, it's all about keeping the right distance between your legs and you know kind of shoulder wide and the ball and all you got to do is swing without no no wrist action you just follow through with the ball if i was there you know out of It'd my company, I spent out there on the PGA. You know, they call, used to call me for rope woods. Um, I would give you a couple tips, but you know, this sounds like more of a mental thing to me. I don't know. <laughs> I I love golf. I, when I fun fact is when I was seven years old, I told my mom I wanted to be the Persian Tiger Woods. Uh, fast forward twenty years, that did not happen. Uh, and so, but there was a time. There was a time. Uh, I was quite into it, and I actually love it, Ovi. It's it's fun that you're picking it up. It's 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 like very relaxing. It's therapeutic, I would it's, say. Yeah, it's, we have beautiful courses in Canada. Special. We have gorgeous courses in Montreal, uh, outside of Mont- right outside of Montreal. It's uh, it's really really uh, really cool. Um, and so so yeah, I actually you make me want to go. So I didn't go this summer, yet I stayed here all summer. I'm not traveling till September at all. So it's uh. It's um, it's something I love doing, but I didn't know that was the source of your pain and the issues you've had, you know, with your mental health. Mando, thank you for pointing that out. So, if anybody has any golf tips, why don't you just buy Link Style from Mike Dudas and go and join that Discord and ask them to perfect your your golf? I think these people are going to be able to help you, Ovi. <laughs> oh my I'll be God. Fine. Yeah, I think they're going to be able to help you, but. Today's a big day, and I know Ovi's going to have a mouthful. So without further ado, oh, wait, before this, uh, let me intro what we're talking about today. NFT micro and daily summary of which I'm about to go to because Ovi for sure has a lot to say. He's been bull posting all morning. Um, Instagram testing digital collectibles on Flow. Of course, we know they're using Polygon, etc. We're going to have to see what Polygon Studios on the show in two weeks. Hell yeah, this is going to be fun. But they're, the yesterday's big news was about Flow. And so, which is really, really, really big news. And now this morning we saw they're injecting $10 billion into the whole ecosystem. So it's nothing small, whether you like meta or not. Uh, Moonbirds, ex-copying Grant Yun, uh, CCO this week. Uh, Grant Yun is to a different extent. We had him on stage last night. He explained to me. Uh, but, you know, one thing's for sure is you have two examples of a large artist, ex-copying on full CC0 and then uh, Moonbirds, which is a collection. 
Last night, uh, actually, we uh, hosted our spaces, our show, anyways, that's the name, with Mel. And uh, Kevin Rose ended up on stage for the last half hour, so we really went to it. But a lot of outrage, a lot of screaming on the timeline on this fine Friday morning. A lot of different opinions. I've read a lot of them on both sides. Uh, and so, and even some neutral ones. So it's going to be, it's interesting. We can talk about all things CC0. And speaking of CC0, we have a special guest, Kath Samard. As you know, she's had this famous free Hawaii photo that sold for 100 ETH to G Money back then. But uh, she has a drop coming on this weekend. And I messaged Kath and I was like, hold on, you have a drop? You're coming on the show tomorrow. And she's like, okay. <laughs> so I'm really excited to, to have Kath. Love Kath, love her work, uh, her work and also her. Uh, her opinion as an artist is always important, especially when it comes to CC0. So, set to dive into that. But without further ado, oh, we even have, yo, guys, we even have drum rolls now. Look at it. Without further ado, Daily Market Report. Brought to you by Rub Radio. Hey guys, yeah, so the uh, the big news today is the non-farms pay- payrolls number. So that tells you how many jobs were added in the US. Um, the consensus was 250K, 250,000 jobs to be added. The actual number came in at 528. So the number came in um, way, 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 way above the census, like almost twice the amount. Also remember, like, the same thing happened last month. I think last month the... Uh, expectation was like 260 or 270 and it came in at 360 or 370 and that's actually been revised upwards as well so um this information that we're getting here is like a little bit contrary to the economic growth um information that we know the u.s is in a technical recession because you've had two quarters of negative growth but the labor market is telling you that um you know stuff is actually booming is a strong word but stuff is actually doing a lot better than people are expecting or, or, or maybe people are fearing so that tells you maybe like the actual recession itself isn't that deep um the concern for this the concern for these numbers obviously inflation like um if more and more jobs are added being continuing to be added from a consumption and demand standpoint um that's that part of it so that part of the equation is still going to stay very high so it's not going to actually um help with the inflation rhetoric but I think the biggest driver of inflation really has been energy prices and has been oil prices. And oil is obviously um, has been very weak in the last uh, six or seven weeks now. I think it's down 25, 30 percent. It was it was down again yesterday. It's back up a little bit today on this number. But um, the interesting, like the real, real bull, crazy bull situation is like if the economy is fine and the labor market is healthy and at the same time oil goes down and inflation goes down. That's like the dream scenario. I'm not sure it will happen. It's like, it's a very like, it's something that no one's thinking about, but it's also quite kind of like an unlikely thing to happen. Um, the risk here now is that the Fed can be really aggressive by increasing interest rates and interest rates today are, are a lot, lot higher. Like they're back to the highs of the year again, um, about 17 basis points higher on, on two year rates. And this kind of gives the Fed a lot more ammo to be able to increase interest rates if the inflation number is bad. And that is a risk for equities. It's a risk for risk assets and, and therefore a risk for crypto. Um, so those are, the, those are all the different things going on right now. It seems like the market is actually taking this number relatively well. Like equities are just down a little bit. They're basically unchanged. Interest rates are up a lot, but crypto um, took a bit of a pullback, but it's still up on a 24-hour basis. Like we've still seen a, a decent crypto rally in the last 24 hours. I think that might be more to do with the BlackRock Coinbase thing, but 
Um, uh, it actually seems like the market's taking this number relatively well. So um, I think that's it. I think that sums it up. I don't know if add anything to to sum it up, I'm done talking. The bears are wrecked. If you're a bear right now, you're not going to have a good weekend. Even Wizard of Soho said that what he won't. Even Wizard. And Keyboard Monkey is in bad quiet too. The bears are gone. Ovi chased them out. You know what's funny this morning? I opened Instagram. Yeah, it's rare, but I still open Instagram. And the first video that came on my feed is that video of a guy beating a bear up. Remember that? Remember that Photoshop, whatever? It was an advert or something. And the guy ends up like kicking the bear in the balls. Anyway, it's hilarious. I'll post it here. Um, Mando, any thoughts and opinions on this? I don't know. Like, OSF, do you think today's figure was good or bad? I kind of view it as not that great. I think it's not great for the. Um, I think it's not great from an interest rate standpoint. Interest rates have sold off, but I think the fact that interest rates have sold off so much again and equities aren't really down, crypto is, is actually up, um, and oil is still lower, actually creates. It's like a, quite a good combination. Like I understand why people are a bit worried about this, um, but I don't know. Like if if oil keeps going lower, which is and that's coming from like geopolitical, the geopolitical landscape. Like, if those things are solved, that could, in my opinion, be um, uh, uh, not a fix for inflation, but it could actually solve some of the inflation issues. And that was caused anyway in the first place by a supply side shock, right? So, I don't know. Like, if, it, if the number came in below expectation, I think it would have been better because the Fed would be more backed into a corner of like having to lower rates more quickly. But, um, it kind of tells you, like, you know, the economy's not that bad. I don't know. And if the economy's not that bad and the pressure comes down, yeah. it's, it's a good thing, right? So I think what it does is it, it simplifies it in that I think the number one thing you should be looking at right now is oil. Like, that's yeah. the only thing that can really save inflation right now. So there's going to be even more focus on oil. And if oil hadn't have dipped $30, $40, this could have caused quite a bad sell-off, I think, because um, it would assume that the Fed would be more aggressive. But... Um, now that it has dipped, it's um, it's in an okay spot. But if oil goes back above 100, the whole market tanks, right? Um, that's what I would say. I, th- I think you're exactly right, Michael. Like if we, if we were sitting here and oil was still at 120, I would be like, fuck, this is bad. And I think the markets would have really sold off. Um, but because, you know, because oil's just on, been on this downwards path, and that's really going to fix a lot of inflation issues. Because just think about it, right? Like oil... Uh, factors into your transport costs it factors into like your energy costs it factors into so many different things and this is what's causing like supply side issues it's what's causing supply chain delays like a lot of this is coming from high oil prices for a lot this year so if oil was still at 120 dollars per barrel right now and we had this number i think the markets would have like absolutely puked they would have like shit would have really hit the fan but because oil seems to continue to go lower um, and it does seem to be on this downwards trend. If, that, if it does keep going lower, if oil keeps going lower and the US economy actually does keeps going higher, that's like the best case scenario. And we just had like a snapshot in time of something like that happening. I'm not saying that's going to keep happening, but um, that's, you're right. Like oil is the main thing we should all be looking at. And it's kind of like the saving, it's kind of like bail us out here, basically, is, is, is what, how I'd phrase it. Yeah, exactly. Oil oil is bail, bail everything out right now, but that is. Um... That's kind of dangerous at the same time. I do think that the stock market beat expectations pretty during earnings season so far, pretty uh, materially. So that's that's part of it. But um, and what about two months ago, three months ago, 
um, we were saying, oh, there's no chance there could be a soft landing. Um, we're going to go into a pretty bad recession here. I think the bull narrative right now is soft landing um, and inflation starts to come down. That's if you're going to be bullish, that's that's kind of your your narrative at the moment. If you're going to be bearish, it's that inflation continues to go above expectations. Oil doesn't really decrease anything more. And the Fed has to be even more aggressive as the year goes on, far more aggressive than people expected. So there, there's still two narratives out there. I think today's figure in isolation, I think, is is not great. But um, let's see how it develops over the next month. Like, like I said, I still think we're going to crypto still has underperformed massively. So I still think. ETH is going to 2000 uh, by the end of the summer. Um, but I don't think today's figure is really that great for anyone. Well, there you have it. The market summary. Um, here I was. Did you, did at... you buy the, the dip? Uh, no, or... I didn't, actually. Yeah, as um, always. As always. Because I'm waiting for... That's why like, I need the bears to bear post more. Like All the bears turning like micro bull for some reason. And so I need them to bear post a little more so I can have my entry. And this is the first time in my life, Mando, that I don't catch a FOMO run in my life. Unless I get wrecked right now and it pulls up. But you know what? I'll buy high and I'll sell low because that's how it's done out here. And you guys should follow my lead. NFA, D-Y-O-R, right? That's how it's done. Uh, I'm like Kathy Wood here. You know what I mean? I buy the top and I'll sell the bottom. I'm taking example from, from the greatest. Uh, you know, just another example. Come on, that's all like the rest Kathy of us. Wood. Kathy Wood has crushed it year after year after year. <laughs> I'm kidding because I saw that one tweet of her, and you guys talked about Coinbase yesterday, uh, which was funny. Well, Kathy uh, Wood said anyway, that uh, Ethereum's going to like one hundred thousand dollars. So, yeah, she said something crazy, which actually I'm fully behind it, and it totally is. And so I can't wait for Ethereum uh, six digit Why not? six digit ETH. Uh, you know, Ethereum is ultra sound money. Okay, and we love it. Uh, anyways, before I get into uh, giving too much financial advice here uh, with Ethereum going to $69,420, um, Keith Grossman, good morning. We have Vacation Keith on stage again. I love that. I'm not, I'm not vacationing. I'm working. I'm just working remotely. And I had five minutes. Yeah, I yeah, yeah. Listen, I wanted to listen to Mondo and, and OSF's analysis on the markets and their perspective because I actually find them very interesting. They give a great perspective. And maybe if you didn't find them so boring and take naps during their discussions, you would you would have an equally informed perspective on the market. True story is Keith calls me one day. He's like, listen, if you want to elevate your media company, you know, as a president of time, I'm telling you, you got to make sure that your co-hosts are not boring. And he was saying that Ovi and Mando sounded very dull. That, that is not what happened. <laughs> that whole conversation never happened. And but it, none of it. Both sides. But, but you I, are vacation. I, I couldn't have told friend. you more yesterday to buy ETH for. By the way, Mando, just so you know, Keith is a stellar trader. I mean, arguably <laughs> the greatest I've ever seen. This is one of my only friends who caught the bottom of ETH. The man bought ETH at eight sixty. There's nobody better than Keith in this space. But I bought it down. Like you're you're taking it out of context. I bought it from like fifteen, fourteen. Trying 13. to give you your flowers, bro. Just take. But it. thank you. I just I just want to be realistic on this one. Like I have, I have still have many losses on it, but I have many gains on it. But I actually I, I think that Mando and LSF just give great perspective, and I want to jump in because I feel like this is like day five in a row where you've had unbelievable guests, and I saw Kath 
you know, is going to be on. And I don't know if I'm going to be around for that. But I mean, she just revealed her two pictures and Tiffany's. I don't know if you talked about it just sold out, which was amazing. And I think will change the entire sort of luxury market. I think is a really, really, really big deal that Tiffany. Oh, I didn't even realize out. it was the public was right now. I, I, I didn't oh, yeah. see it like, sold like, out so fast. No, are no tweeted huh. all sold out and so it's like think about it estimated 12 million dollars of incremental revenue right yeah 7500 ETH, right right like to their books zero float in a challenging market for a luxury for a luxury brand is amazing amazing we're gonna see every luxury brand and their mother attempt something i think um it's just it's it's it should be whether you like how they rolled it out or not it's irrelevant the outcome is amazing yeah i mean now can, can I, they have a massive portfolio of brands themselves so um well i just saw the tweet 27 minutes ago so you're right that's sold out i mean we're gonna segue anyways in the nft recap so Amanda, go ahead uh if you want to no i was gonna say keith um like as as obviously a, a company that's publicly crushed it in web3 like how many other let's say fortune 500 ceos have called you up just being like i have no idea what to do here like this seems to have been a good entry but um like are, are people still interested in web3 are they are they are they leaving it for another few years for the next guy to pick up or guy or girl to pick up or is this is this a um are you, are, do you think a lot more companies are coming i mean so i think a lot more companies are coming i think that there's four sort of prohibiting factors like in place um one is like there's a lot of friction still in the ecosystem for a lot of companies to enter in, right? And for consumers to enter in at a mass level. But like that's that will slowly go away, uh, you know, every day that goes by. Um, two, like I think that the companies are still struggling with um, the fact that the technology is leading the conversation instead of the experience. And most companies deal with the consumer experience, right? And third is. Um, I think the companies need more, especially publicly traded companies, need more clarity as it relates to regulation, um, responsible regulation in the space. So that way they can understand like how this can play out on their books, how they can hold crypto. What is what do the NFTs actually mean? Like what is what is participating in this market actually mean? And then the fourth is just, you know, simple education. Right. There's a lot like people love the extremes. Right. They love extreme good. They love extreme bad. But like what I'm seeing and, you know, we've made no you saw like our Miami announcement and like we are, we have a, we have a bunch more announcements down the pike of companies that we're working with to bring into the web three space. Um, like I'm talking to a tremendous amount of companies, um, a lot of CEOs, a lot of CMOs. Um, they all are very interested in the space. Um, slowly. I mean, 18 months ago when I entered into the space, the number one question I got was, am I insane? Um, uh, when the $10 million number came out, then all of a sudden, everyone started to really pay attention, you know, that I knew in my friend pool and in, in sort of that world. Um, but I think that the one thing that that is top of mind for a lot of the CMOs and CEOs is a lot of them, it's still very fresh that the dot-com era, that a lot of them doubted that the internet was real. And a lot of companies were caught flat-footed on that. And I think that it's fresh enough that a lot of people don't want to simply write it off, even if they're not saying it publicly. And so, like, I have, I don't know, you know, I have maybe four or five conversations with big, big companies a day, you know, and I've been doing that now for at least two, three months now. Um, 
where there's just a lot of interest. And so, you know, like when you look at the last seven days and you go, okay, you know, City of Miami, MasterCard, Salesforce, Tiffany, Gucci, Tag Heuer, Facebook, BlackRock, and Meta all entered into Web3. Like, I'm not surprised. I just love that it's all now becoming public, if that makes sense. It's really interesting because, Keith, we've shared a lot of conversations over the last, when did we meet? Over a year ago now, a year and a half ago, and we've been talking. Longest year and a half. Longest yeah, I swear, bro. Fuck, man. Uh, and, uh, <laughs> God, I love you, dude. And, uh, and it's, but it's, um, you, you have shared with me multiple times where, like, other CMOs, CEOs, you know, reached out and weren't necessarily sure of, without ever sharing, of course, who, but you were sharing the fact a lot on stage and said that a lot of people were just unsure and not so supportive of, of, of your efforts, but also weren't kind of scared of this. So I think obviously when I remember the article came out saying, you know, time pieces, you know, you know, rated over $10 million in sales and this and that. And the second best was like 50 K in the media side. And then uh, in the web to media side, of course, uh, but it's, uh, and then a bunch of people were scared to come in, but now, you know, it's just gonna scared of the reputation, blah, blah. So now it's like, Hey, like someone did it and it's slowly then all at once, which is kind of referring back to the conversation we had last night about that in depth for an hour, which is really good convo, but it's like, and Simon, I saw you clapping because you and I talk about it a lot, but like slowly and then all at once and it's going to just come in like crazy. And- you know, it, it just just on one last thing, like it can't yeah. be under it can't be understated enough that we're overstated enough. Sorry that that like Tiffany's an LVMH brand, right? Did this, and it's not like it was a random person in Tiffany's who did this. It was the CEO's this son, the hair, yeah, who did it right. Like, and so it's like. It's not like this individual is not taking their success lap and not getting the attention of the top person. And it's not as if this company doesn't have a massive reach. And it's not as if their next drop is not going to be like, oh, we're going to do the board eight pendants, right? Like, like we've all seen this game play out. Like, I just like you couldn't ask for a bigger luxury brand to 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 do what they just did. And everyone follows suit on that brand, too. So I think that I I really think that this is a big transformative moment uh, that we'll look back at. And, I mean, if you look and- up, if you look at his other son, so Alex is the CEO of Tiffany and then Frederick is the CEO of Tag and his, his two sons and he's like uh, um, ape, more of an ape guy. And so one's a punk, one's an ape and his banner's an ape, his PFP's an ape. Every single fucking post of his is an ape or artifact, clone X or Invisible Friends, or Woe, or Takashi Murakami Flowers. All they're, all, all they're tweeting about and talking about is NFTs and crypto. And this is big on its own. Because these are people whose eyes, like, I, I know you guys at the top all have your meetings and look at each other. The CEOs, the CMOs all have your little crews and groups. I mean, it's like, so I'm sure it's like being talked about everywhere, right? You being in the position that you're at, like, I'm sure you're seeing it a lot. Well, we're, I, we're all the CEOs of unemployed here. Uh, we're CEO of unemployed, wait, wait, but Keith Grossman is CEO of the 100-year-old media company. Bye. Bye. So. <laughs> oh, no. He left. I think he had, like, an emergency. Like, he wanted to go swimming in the ocean. Oh, no. He had a call. I, I know Keith. Keith will oh, call yeah. me sometimes, and he'll be like, I got to go, I got to go, I got to go. So he has a call. So it's, it's, it's well, oh, that's, it's, you know. It's the big, it do it's be like big that. boss upstairs calling. Uh, well, so what I missed in the last dinner, Tiffany sold out. 
Yeah, that and then we're talking about the market in general. Turn, I mean, ETH is literally about to hit seventeen hundred again. Uh, I'm happy for all of you. Uh, you know, um, <laughs> happy for all of you. Yesterday on the on the on the on the um, on the end. Sorry, man, my words, my. I'm so I'm like hyperactive this morning. I didn't even have coffee yet. I'm like super hyper. I'm just gonna go ahead and play Mandel's jingle because I love to hear it. I want him to talk about NFTs. GM, GM. Sorry, late, late intro there. Um, NFT's looking okay, actually, I think, today. A little bit better over the last few days. Um, that, sorry, than, than the last few days. Uh, team, the eighth floor has been slightly cleaned up. Punk's also looking still relatively strong. Um, volume's up versus yesterday. The main thing that happened in terms of negative price action was Moonbirds. Um, I guess yeah. we'll get into that a little bit later. Um, but that decision was taken slightly badly um so those are down like 10 20 percent um but other than that this is like look if i look in terms of listings and in terms of volumes this is the one of the better days this week i would say it feels like we could be prepped for an okay um weekend so far yeah like if the border i think border just got a couple trades and then it kind of uh goes up to like 84 85 area Punk still looking well. It's all obviously top heavy. I'm not going to talk about the bottom half of the market because it still looks pretty, no. Um, no, pretty, pretty horrific. But I think two days ago, even the bottom half of the market didn't look so great, um, and now it's now it's looking okay. So um, yeah, I'm 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 a little bit more optimistic going into this weekend that we're we're going to be able to hold okay. It does feel as it does feel slightly positively correlated with with ETH at the moment, um, which is which is a good scenario. Like uh, I think ETH is going to go up. By the end of this uh, month, and I think uh, blue chip NFTs at least are now starting to stabilize to higher ETH prices, and I think we could um, we could push on if that happens. Um, yeah, definitely. Uh, I don't mean to toot our own horn, but Ledger is up thirty five percent after coming on the show yesterday. I'm just gonna put it out there. Um, shout out to Ledger. That was a fun show yesterday, though. Um, but a lot, I guess, a lot of people want that black on black. But also, no, they ended up making an announcement about the first drop on yeah. our show. Actually. Uh, which Rug Radio uh, holders are going to have access to. I'm going to share that later. I uh, just got to circle back with them. Um, haven't had much time yet. And then um, on the other side, I mean, those potatoes are still up there. I guess the 9GAC CEO is really pushing those hard. <laughs> it's just interesting to see them every morning. I'm on Flips Finance and I see potatoes in the top five. So, uh, you know, <laughs> yeah, they're look. something good, bro. You know what I mean? Nina Chanel, again, rising. Fuck. I See, this is incredible. I thought like at 1ETH, it'll maybe like, pull back a little bit at least back to 0. 0.7 0. 0.8 but no keep going 112 not bad now it's over 100 again 99 to be precise you had a couple 80-ish sales um tank etf with a really big announcement yesterday uh with an ape coin allocation and obviously perhaps their token coming out this is nothing new of course not alpha is something they've been sharing about that we knew um the neo tokyo uh token i believe something like that so i'm excited um we're yeah, working figgy on the show Pardon? Neo, it's called Neo Tokyo Dollar, right? It's like NTD. Neo Tokyo Dollar, yeah, NTD. Uh, I NTD. actually have been staking my scissors, Mando, for quite a long time. I, I forgot about it. I, I staked and I forgot about it. And I went back and I have a bunch of tokens, which we don't know what it, it's not tokens, sorry. There's an amount on the screen. It says like 2000 something, and it keeps going up every day. So I have to check again today. But like, I'm being told that that's going to turn into some token. 
from like people on Twitter because I asked, hey, what's that? You can go back to my Twitter cup if you go to my search bar, search 10KTF in my tweets. But we're going to work on getting founder on stage um, and, 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 and to chat about all that because the stock room is booming there. A lot of good uh, announcements on that side. Um, you know, it's it's been really interesting. Um, and you can go to the DGENs. They have, I mean, you guys did a report on that, but it's, um, I'm very curious. Mebit's up uh, 4% over 5 ETH. Um, and then, yeah, I mean, that's about it. It's the usual suspects. I mean, I love... Yeah, it's not, I, I guess <laughs> I'm looking through floor prices to listings as well. Um, and that seems to have improved over the last couple of days. So, um, yeah, I think I think it's just in an okay spot. Um, obviously, Moonbuzz 2 has come out, which, which, um, which is also it's the price. Um, yeah, look, and even the projects that we're involved in, right? Like, it feels like Rug Radio's seen a decent amount of volume recently. Is it? Um, mm-hmm. And uh, yeah. the DJ's access pass is now. I think DJ's access pass is one trade away from being 0.4. So Dude, I don't know. It's just it's we're been good. Working. It's been good to see projects I know that we're involved in. It's finally um it's finally moving to getting I don't know some recognition of doing stuff during this period. I mean, Mando, let's talk about it. I loved your tweet this morning. I I it's the little things that get me going in the morning and motivate me. And I see a tweet from you tagging, of course, Rug Radio Flips and whatever everything you guys are working on with DJ and the right guy. Like, I just checked. There's only 342 rugs listed out of 20,000, and that talks a lot to me in terms of market sentiment. Though it's not the only metric anyone should look at. Uh, because that's only 1.7% of the supply. But at some point where things weren't doing so great with us, I was over 600 rugs listed. We've had about 200 sales in the last week and a half, two weeks. Um, and to see now 342 listed out of out of, uh, out of of 20,000 with 1,000 in the bank, right? It's in the Dow. Anything, any catalyst, and we're ready to go. And we're working hard. So you know what? I'm going to pat myself and you guys on the back because we're working hard as fuck. And, and we deserve well, it. And, for and me... For me, I just and I'm obviously we own a ton of rugs as well. So um, the, we 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 only really got involved for having a show and then investing. But I I like that the now the the um the framework is in. We can now move to each show being a, a business in itself. Um, if if this show makes five ETH a week for in terms of sponsors, maybe we do one one sponsor a week for the next next year. That's two hundred and fifty ETH. 250 ETH would buy you like a thousand rugs right now. So, so There's I not going to be enough rugs in the market soon. <laughs> well, you can't put it that way, but I just think that that gets you into a stronger position in terms of us um, having a show which can um, have value. So I like that that, that now can finally move into our, our, the show providing value back to the audience. Um, and then, yeah, no, like I woke up this morning. I, I uh, It's tough sometimes. It's tough. Uh, managing projects through this period because yeah. you put in so much work. You know, like every single week, we sit down with the research analysts to produce like six to seven reports. Um, we have like over a hundred at DGENs, and you, sometimes it feels like it's a bit. You know, you're just go, it's going out into the ether, and it's very difficult to work right. out value. But I'm I'm excited about that. I'm excited about the drops that we, we've got upcoming with DGENs. Um, Rec guy, we're, we're we're planning what we're going to do for NFT London. Um, a couple of other things. So, if you guys want, by the way, there's something I'm interested in. So, with Rug Radio, so I was actually thinking yeah. about. Though so we should totally do something. What about a small get together on conference daytime, followed by a night at the box in London? <laughs> we need another recto. Uh huh. So, I'll find out I, for that. <laughs> I think. I think. Uh, my wife's due date is like the week before, so oh. I just don't know if I can say. You know, I'm going to be going to uh, the box the yeah. week after my uh, my little <laughs> you girl get is born. Birth. 
So, and I'll go to the box. <laughs> <laughs> I think OSF's going to have to to ban that uh, that whole event. But yeah, well, he can. Uh, he gave a wonderful speech on 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 the stage of the box. Whatever happened after, we're not going to talk about. But on that same stage, yeah. I'm in uh, I'm in trouble with what happened after as well. My wife's like, none of that, none of that shit again. So we actually had a call with <laughs> we had we just had a call with the box in London. I was like, guys, we can't make it. We can't make it as X-rated as last time. You can't. Well, I, the box in London is even more X-rated than the. I know. Well, the funny thing is, is that. Um, Beeple turned up at that exact moment. So me and OSF were just at the front having a drink with Beeple. We had no idea what was going on. <laughs> we we no only idea. found out the day after. No oh, that was funny, dude. Um, yeah, it was... I'll never forget just turning around watching my girlfriend looking over the balcony with the hand on her mouth like, what's happening? And I was just enjoying the shit out of it. Uh, are are we talking it. about that part? Of- that part. Anyways, yeah. part transition. So... <laughs> But anyways, yeah, so I actually, you know what? I just pinned at the top. Wait, why isn't it pinning? The hell? It's not working. Hey, I just tweeted. Bro, I, I before, pinned you, it. before you transition out of the NFT question, I have a question for like all three, four, five, everyone up on the stage about projects. Like the potatoes, like I always see them keep going up, but I don't see anyone in like our circle or timeline like talking about that. I think that's a good thing. Because, uh, yeah, this is a good thing. Where is this? Where is this coming from? So it's meme land. So it's nine yeah, meme land, nine gauge. Uh, yeah. The gutter cat gang is very heavy into the potatoes. Uh, nine gauge is a uh, five cat holder kingpin and has been working with the kingpins to get them involved in the project and the uh, entire gutter ecosystem. So you have at least a thousand, possibly two thousand holders from the gutter cat gang itself. Wow. There's also like the nine like the CEO of Nine Gag, literally. The, the Nine Gag CEO has my yeah. old ape. He bought he's, my old he's, like super super involved. <laughs> I, I just shot him a DM. Let's get him up on stage. I mean he's the CEO of Nine Gag. Come on. We all use Nine like nine, we grew up on Nine Gag. Yo, I had him on stage once. He's funny as fuck. Mad I, sarcastic. I just shot him a DM. Let's get him on. Yeah, and then funny. Uh, get him up. Speaking of uh King Blackboard, I gotta get on. I keep saying that with the Gutter Cat founders. I want to get them on. Whether they they what they're doing is very interesting. They they've been going up only during a bear. <laughs> it's insane. So it's um to go up. Yeah, to I mean, you know, going against the grain. You know, you you start yeah. to uh, you know open your eyes a little bit about what's what are they doing differently, right? Because they're yeah. they're trending up while others are going down. Let me know. I can talk to uh, Gutter Dan's like the forward facing PR guy. I, I can I can connect you guys and, and you can schedule it up. Perfect. We're going to do that for sure. I've been saying that. I mean, credit goes where it's due and people in this bear are still building. I just tweeted at the top. I pinned it. Get yourself a rug radio uh, and join us in the future of media. Osef, Milo, I don't know if you guys have a tweet with like kind of like direct, like all of the, your collections, like uh, DJs, Rack Guy, etc. If you want to put this out, Ovi or Mando, I'll, I'll pin it at the top two. And we're out here, so it's. Uh, I think it's good, good to. I, I'm happy you went there, man, though, because you know what? Fuck it. We're working hard. We have town hall at 3 p.m. for those who are interested. Sadly, Kevin Rose decided to have a damn parliament at the same time, so I'm gonna have like five listeners at the Rugby Veto Town Hall today, uh, and <laughs> everybody's gonna well listen to what's up on the Kevin Rose side. Speaking of which, there you go. So Mando also pinned it. And uh, if you listen to replay, Rug Radio, the Genesis NFT on OpenSea or any platform marketplace, and this DGens pass. Uh, which is uh, ERC eleven fifty five? They're stacked. That's the one you get, or the red guy because they're five uh, on on any uh, marketplace. And then, so if I want to go back to the NFT side, I mean that's that's I think that's the cool roundup. Um, a lot of great things uh, going on. 
and uh, and I'm excited to see um, what's going to come out uh, in the next couple of days. Instagram also. So if we want to talk about that quickly, yesterday uh, we saw uh, an announcement from Meta Newsroom, which obviously Meta, Facebook, Instagram, uh, saying, and I'm I'm going to tweet. I'm going to read it uh, from Meta Newsroom. Mark Zuckerberg announced we're rolling out digital collectibles to 100 more countries now. More people, creators, and businesses can showcase their NFTs on Instagram. We're also launching integrations with Coinbase Wallet, Hello Dapper, and support for Flow blockchain. So obviously, it's massive news. Just so that you guys understand, we're talking about going mainstream and main adoption, mass adoption. We're talking about a, ne- uh, a network of, 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 of uh, social platforms that have 2 billion monthly active users um, that will now be able to see a digital collectibles tab. And so when we say slowly and all at once, and yesterday the conversation, which I don't know if it was in the morning one or at night, someone said, at some point everybody's going to use the blockchain without knowing that they're using the blockchain. And that's when we're going to have mass adoption. And this is what I'm talking about. Like, this is this is exactly it. And it's 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 going to be really, really, really quick when it when it comes out uh, and all at once. I want to know your thoughts, Ovi, Mandel, first, of course, uh, what you guys think about this news. Obviously, I think we can all agree it's good news for the nft side but um if you have you know any other thoughts and that being on flow as well which flow i think ran up like 50 percent right after the news but uh yeah definitely want to hear your thoughts i have a, qu- a quick question on that so if they if they're integrating coinbase wallet does that mean like we can you know if we transferred NF- ETH nfts to coinbase wallet we'd be able to display them like i understand that flow for sure you know um let's just say like nba top shot like you'll probably be able to display that but are we able to display eth nfts or is this uh not possible with the new update there's a metamask so in order to post a digital collectible all you need to do is connect your digital wallet to instagram as of today we support connections with third-party wallets including rainbow metamask trust wallet coinbase wallet dapper wallet so the whole like ethereum and supported blockchains at this time include ethereum polygon and flow so i guess that answers that Um, yeah thank you it's yesterday was the flow announcement because it was already like Ethereum and Polygon. Like we already had that announcement way back uh, about a specific group of creators that were p- selected. Uh, and actually, Amber Victoria yesterday, I saw her take over the Instagram account on Twitter. This is a, again things you loved. Like I'm a social media kid, right? Like it was like this is what I've been doing for the last ten years. Like I just love seeing those things. Like it's like our people. These are people we share and that like, we collect. Like Amber Victoria was on stage with us last night. Same day, she's taking over the Instagram account. Now, again, like whether you like meta or not, like and whether they're going to make it in the space or not, like that's a different conversation. It's just, again, like more eyes, more eyes, more eyes, more eyes. And there's more eyes towards our creators. I saw Jen Stark do a collab with them. I saw like it's like our people. So I'd love to see it. Mando, go ahead. Just to answer, I think um, I think they already announced that they were going to it was going to be compatible with Ethereum and Polygon NFTs. Uh, I think they made that announcement like last month. So I think Flow is, is its own L1, right? It's it's not even an EVM chain. Um, it's the, just the one created by Dapper. So I think they need, it needed to have a separate integration. Um, so I think that that's what the announcement was. But I, I'm pretty sure uh, Polygon and Ethereum NFTs are going to be supported across all the meta um, platforms, Facebook, uh, Instagram, yeah. maybe even WhatsApp. Like, it would be pretty cool if they start doing integration with WhatsApp pretty soon. Wouldn't be surprised too, bro. I mean, it's all meta, right? So, um, it's good. You shared something this morning, Mando. Do you want to talk about it? You shared something about meta as well, $10 billion injection. I think I saw it on your feed. Yeah, yeah. No, they, uh, they, they're raising $10 billion worth of bonds, which is 
big but not massive but it looks like that's all going to be used to fund um fund their investment in the uh in the metaverse for now um for now it's just been like a a cash sink at the moment i think they've they've spent uh, maybe even over 10 million dollars so far um in developing out their metaverse plan so uh, the idea is that this unit will probably become profitable at some point over the next five years, um, and it's going to be a massive cash sink for now. Um, there's a really good book out at the moment called, um, I think it's just called The Metaverse by someone called Matthew Ball, who sets out um, what he thinks Metaverse's ambitions are going to be and what he thinks the Metaverse can end up looking like and the expectations that this is going to be a you know multi-multi-trillion dollar um, economy. So I think... Um, that's the vision that Meta has. Um, whether you like them or not, they're going to be going for um, one of the top companies if, if that eventuality happens. So I think they're going to spend a lot of money, probably hundreds of billions over the, over the course of the next um, over the next decade on trying to achieve that. Yeah, Amanda, they've, they've probably spent at least that on their uh, Oculus R&D alone. I mean, I think it was $2 billion a couple of years, like not a few years, like seven, eight years ago, nine years ago now, they spent buying Oculus. Um, cause that's where it's, I always look at, like, what's the paradigm shift of computing and, you know, how we've moved, like basically now for most people, their computer is in our hand. Like you don't even need your laptop or your, um, desktop for most people. So what's going to be that next shift? Is it AR, VR? And that's why they're spending so much time in the hardware and probably more of a longer philosophical question to have sometime, but like. I would love 6529 to come on and talk about it, but about like why with that paradigm shift, we need it to be on guardrails that aren't controlled by, you know, one of these entities such as Apple, Facebook, or Amazon. Yeah, it's, it's dude, it's, it's just like, again, I'm, I'm so freaking hyped. Of course we're like NFT gigabulls all on here. Uh, <laughs> and so if you were trying to turn a friend into NFTs, uh, just make them listen to the GM NFT show in the morning, and they'll go. They'll turn. Uh, they'll they'll turn uh, giga bullish. Uh, on the new side, I think I think that was the big big one. Um, you know, I'm trying to always trying to scrape for for new news and all that good stuff. Um, for everybody, because I'm gonna probably segue right now into the CCO conversation. Uh, CC zero conversation. A quick GM, of course, to 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 the woman of the hour, the queen, Kath Samard. Good morning. I'm happy to have you here. GM, GM, I'm just GM. Uh, I saw you. Oh my god! Sorry, I just saw the reveal. <laughs> my bad. Um, I Cap finally revealed the freaking photos that she's dropped. Wow. Whoa. Thank you. Wow. Appreciate it. I wow. I was so nervous this morning to oh reveal it because, you know, like we've been chatting a little yeah. bit, and I even sent you some like behind the scenes and stuff over the last yeah. few months. But it's just like just so much so much into like two final images so at like for sure there's some nervousness on that side but it's also a, a, a massive relief for me so um yeah really really excited about that wow i love that i can't wait to dig into it uh but first i want to get to our next topic so for everybody uh who who's who wants to participate in the poll without necessarily getting onto the stage of course at the bottom right um if you go it's just like Everybody decided to call me during my show today. Uh, and so bottom right, uh, bottom right of um, the spaces, if you're listening live, uh, I posted a, a thread. Um, a, a, anyways, a tweet 
that leads to a thread that I did with a bunch of polls. Do you agree with the Moonbird's decision to move to a CC0 public license? Yes or no? So far, out of 1,700 votes, 58% voted no. Do you think it's okay for a project to go back on the original licensing agreement they had in place? 67% out of 800 voters said no. Uh, do you care about CC0 at all? Actually, 55% voted yes. Uh, does CC0 influence your decision to buy an NFT? 57% uh, voted uh, no. So if you want to participate in the poll, of course, at the bottom right, you can also share your thoughts, which is really cool. It's like a Twitter uh, Spaces live feed now that we have. So I do want to transition to that, and which will be also a great segue into Kath, because I know you um, you did the whole thing with Free Hawaii and, uh, and your CC0 picture. So this past week, we've had two, you know, uh, major polarizing sort of like players in the space go full CC0, which was XCopy uh, and then Moonburst. Obviously polar opposite uh, and, there's a, and, there's a, and there's differences between the two of them. Uh, but I'd like to hear the thoughts. I'm obviously going to start here with Ovi and Mando and then want to uh, go around the room for, for a couple of minutes to talk about that. Um, your thoughts on the Moonbirds announcement yesterday and on CC0 as a whole. I know Ovi, of course, as an artist, You've always been CC0. Red Guy is a CC0 project, but it started started as that. So I kind of want to hear your thoughts on CC0 as a whole and also what do you feel about going back on, on you know, kind of my second question on the poll, going back on the original licensing agreement and then offering CC0. Yeah, look, I think there are two issues at hand here. The first is, do we like CC0? Do we not like CC0? That's one um you know, debate in itself. The second debate is, can you just change the licensing agreement of something that where, where you've originally communicated something? Can you just go and change that at your, you know, at your own will? So I think there's two separate, two separate things. So I'll start with the second one. And whether you like CC0 or not, and yeah, I'm a big, I'm a huge CC0 pro- proponent. I don't think a project can just change, especially a project that offers individual licenses to the NFTs for them to go ahead and say, oh, now it's CC0. So you've gone from like, hey, I bought this NFT of my board ape because I now own this license and I can go out there and do whatever I want with that IP. And now they're telling me, oh, by the way, this is CC0. You as the NFT purchaser, you might feel like, oh, damn, like I had this, like I bought this for this individual IP that I could actually do something with and have exclusive rights to. Now everyone has rights to it. So I can like I can completely see why that rubs people up the wrong way, and I think when you've communicated something specifically as having um, each owner has exclusive rights to it, and now you rescind that, um, I think that's not a good thing because you're you are actually, in, in my opinion, you are actually taking away some exclusivity from the owners and purchasers of those NFTs, and some people may have bought those thinking they had that exclusivity and. Again, like I say that as a massive proponent of CC0. So I think that's the first issue at hand. And I think with Moonbirds, they shouldn't have taken it away or it should have gone to a vote, whatever it was. But it, it sucks, you know. It's like if you're selling these NFTs and you're like, you have exclusive rights, and then they just randomly go, oh, by the way, now it's CC0, you don't have exclusive rights. It's uh, people going to be pissed off. And I think, you know, if Yuga Labs went out there and said, oh, by the way, now Board 8 for CC0, every single licensing agreement for, for these apes would just be pointless, right? Like, it would be pointless because it's CC0. No one has, no ape owners own the IP. So I fully and completely understand that and I disagree with the movement, um, the decision they took to do that. On CC0 versus, um, you know, like individual licensing or IP or, or whatever it is, like, it depends. Like, I love CC0 because I think it's, 
if you're starting out creating a project or creating art, it's, um, it's free marketing. The way I see it, my art is the more people that copy it, the more people that use my assets, the more that it gets put around Twitter, Discord, etc. For me, it's free marketing. But at the end of the day, like the stuff that I originally create is going to gonna have the highest value because everyone wants to buy the OG stuff, right? The X copy stuff, like X copies, original pieces will always have higher value than any derivatives because it's the OG. So I never feel like, oh, this, this is diluting my work. I actually think it promotes my work. And I think it's fantastic that other people can go out there and use stuff that I've created and actually make money out of it. Like, I think that's great. And I think that helps build a community around it. But there is a use for CC0. Like, CC0 doesn't work for everything across the entire NFT landscape. And um, it maybe doesn't, it probably doesn't work in, like, the, the realms of, like, um, the entertainment industry or the media industry, et cetera. And um, you have to, like, pick and choose when I think is the right time to use it. And uh, in this case, I just don't think it really makes sense that they just randomly made it CC0. Um, because I think people had actually felt like they had some value in these exclusive rights and that value is now being stripped away. That's some, that's a really good uh, take. Just please like chill on the FUD of my bags, like just a little bit. Uh, I'd appreciate it. It's like, you know, between no. the cats and all this, like I'm, I'm really hurting. It's already bare. So if you guys could just, you know, so King Blackboard, I'm actually going to not even let you speak this time around, but I'm kidding. I will because, you, you, you're a holder, and, and I think you're entitled to your opinion, and, and, and I think it's fair to, to hear it. Mando, though, just quickly, before I go to King Blackboard, because I know he's got a mouthful uh, to talk about. Mando, how do you, what do you think uh, on, on all of this? No, to be honest, I think OSF um, presented that beautifully. I'm, I'm not going to step in. I'm gonna I know give he's it been something. really good, by the way. I I'm think it's give... the golf. He, it's like, he's been just clear. I think it's the naked cheese strings that he's having at home right now. Oh, uh, yeah, 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 the naked cheese strings, yeah. Uh, no, I think I think uh, I completely agree. I think um, the the value of CCO um, is is advertising and its community that you can build around your projects, um, and like the creativity that can be built. But um, there is clearly some value to to having your own license on on um, a project, but that's only as good as the owner of that license. Like um, I think, luckily with Board Apes. Um, there's been some uh, entrepreneurial people in the community that have done some smart things with it. Um, I'm not too sure if like the average uh, Moonbird license is that valuable to the average Moonbird holder, but to the industrious entrepreneurial Moonbird holder, it might be worth a lot. And I don't necessarily think this was the right move. Um, I, I don't even think they really had the ability to do it, or at least they could easily get sued. So let's, let's wait and no, see. There is one Moonbird who posted that he lost like a six-figure uh, deal because of the CC0. Like he had a license exactly. agreement that was worth Yeah, I just, I just pinned that on top. But yeah, it's crazy. Yeah, it was just sent to me. It's Lacos, um, who's uh, one of I, the glitch Moonbird, right? He said, yeah. FYI, shortly after um, the Moonbird CC0 announcement, I actually lost a six-figure licensing deal that I'd be working on for a while. I understand the decision, but the approach by the team could have been much better upwards and onwards. See you all at the parliament today. So um, obviously that person is keeping their heads up. It seems like they're not going to stop, but it's. Uh, I- I'm actually be curious to he- learn more about this. And uh, whoever wants to give a six-figure license and deal to a moonbird, uh, holla at me. Uh, and then, <laughs> but uh, Brian, I'm going to go to you first uh, in a second. Let me just go to King Blackboard. I've seen you be very vocal yesterday. Actually, when we when 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 we hosted the space. Before Kevin Rose hopped on, I, counter, I, I read your tweet out because I was trying to see how Moonbird holders felt. 
So it, I think it's important to hear you know both sides uh, from from Moonbird's holders too um, on the matter. What's up? Yeah, I mean clearly, I, everyone knows my opinion. I don't I don't pull no punches. I, I do appreciate OSF and Mando coloring it in. You know, my opinion is is more specific to you know the situational of what happened with Moonbirds. Uh, CC zero. I I like to say CCL. It just flows better. But I think um, that method of ownership has a lot of positive use cases in NFTs. So my take here isn't isn't there. I think it's specifically useful in the art sector. I think it loses a little bit of value on the avatar um, sector because you know in these cases, you know we were promised you know by Board Ape Yacht Club that really changed the deck that. You know, we're building a brand and you're building alongside with us the characters uh, and the traits. You actually own this art and you're able to build a business around it. Um, and then you're also able to license that avatar so others can build uh, a business with your, you know, approval. And uh, yes, this does, you know, rely on the success of the individual holders being entrepreneurial, going out there. Um, creating on their own and leveraging those rights. Fortunately, I've been positioned to uh, do so. Uh, I have several successful licensing deals completed, ongoing negotiations on other deals. And just how this ties back to Moonbirds, I'm a holder there. And uh, it was very clear on their website that you were going to have commercial rights. Uh, that was a big uh, value proposition. And obviously, the Moonbirds have run up massive since um, Mint. So, you know, if the Moonbirds project was CCO from the beginning, you know, we're talking a whole different, you know, cup of tea. I don't know, you know, if the market would have responded as favorably and ran them up um, to such high price levels. Uh, but, you know, that wasn't the case. And, uh, you know, the situation right now is really, I, you know, I thought Kevin Rose coined him nft jesus because whatever he touched turned to gold and now as a, as a holder i've renamed him to nft judas because i feel betrayed i feel stabbed in the back and uh the rights that i had as a holder were now taken from me and given to the community we now have a fully active moonbirds 2 open c account with complete duplicated art it doesn't appear that a DMCA is coming. It's going to be uh, an NFT free-for-all, and uh, a lot of people are having a lot of fun with it. Uh, you know, we'll see where this turns out, you know, in the future. Maybe the CCO actually works out better for the Moonbirds brand at all, but just the switch in the gears is really the crux of the issue. Um, you know, taking having rights and then losing rights is, uh, is going to hurt. And then, you know, our man, Lacoze, I mean, I read that. And uh, he lost a six-figure deal on a licensing arrangement. And uh, he must be very wealthy because if he wasn't very wealthy and he lost the six-figure deal today because of uh, just some simple terms change, that's, uh, that's gut-wrenching. And uh, he's a better man than me for being so uh, appreciative of it.
Yeah, I, I hear you, bro. I hear you. And uh, obviously, I, and what I love about King Blackboard is is is, uh, is when you're not happy about something, you tweet about it a lot. <laughs> so I like I, I've been following you and and and, uh, and all this, but this is some very sound. Um, I think this is something like uh, Moonbirds founders should listen to anyways because they have to listen to both sides, uh, just two sides to, um, to the coin. Brian, uh, I know you have some thoughts on that as well. Yeah. Um, so before I start, I just want to preface this with, you know, I, I do, I am pro CCO where I think it makes sense. You know, like I see it more um, kind of like how 659 puts it, like licenses are a tool. Um, and, you know, one license may not work for everything. Um, and that's why, you know, there's different types of licenses. Um, so, you know, on to, uh, you know, my other points, I, I do um, first think that it was wrong to switch this without, you know, asking the community um, for multiple reasons. One, um, if anyone's been in the discord, Kevin's been saying, you know, this is, um, you know, CCO is kind of like the, you know, the Web3 uh, ethos, um, you know, who's going to how can you be pro decentralization and then they'll you know, call on the government to enforce rights. Um, and I, I personally don't think that this stance is um correct for this um, because there's a difference between decentralization and having no laws like you can have decentralization and enforce laws and i think with property um specifically like that's extremely important you know property rights in general are extremely important um and in in, in another thing that he said is like um so like take yuga for example he didn't specify yuga i'm going to specify yuga but like yuga reserves the rights to technically uh, revoke their license to us like we don't actually own the rights they licensed they gave us a license to use it um, and he's saying that you know CCO now no one can take those rights away um, but I think it's like a lot deeper of a discussion because when you think about like what property rights are um, so like take a house for example like what makes that house your property um, it is our collective agreement as a society to enforce um, the boundaries of your property so if you own a house and anyone can go live in it and you have no authority to kick them off, then there really are no property rights. So like the way I kind of view that is CCO is like, yes, everyone owns the rights, but if everyone owns the rights, it's kind of in a way that no one owns the rights. So when you go like, let's just like, you know, for my ape, I, I have uh, been fortunate enough to kind of negotiate or help in a way, um, you know, negotiate some, some licensing uh, deals. And, you know, that's just not possible anymore. Like, like, you know, as Lacoste posted, like you, there's, there's no, there's no licensing deal. If a corporation can just take your image and use it without your permission and not give you any royalties like that, that, that's just gone. And that has real value, like whether or not, you know, obviously all, you know, 6,000, whatever holders aren't going to do that, but that doesn't mean there's no value. Like just because most people won't do it doesn't mean there's no value there. And that value was just taken from everyone. And then, you know, on top of that, um, their website actually was a little bit misleading. Uh, I read their terms of service for the first time yesterday. And if you go on the website, I think it's still there, the, like on the front page, it says you own the IP rights. And then when you read through the terms of service, it doesn't say that. It says they're granting you a license for the IP. And that's very different than owning the actual IP rights. So I'm not sure how they can really say on the website that you own the IP when their terms of service say the kind of like the opposite. Um, but I think that's uh, that might be like a different issue. Brian, you bring up great points there, and like I completely agree. Like preface, like I love what CC Zero offers. Like I really think some of the 
biggest brands and IP are going to be born out of CC Zero, but that's the keyword born. Um, I don't own a Moonbirds, uh, just never bought into it. Uh, but I do feel for a lot of people that had Moonbirds for the purpose of utilizing their commercial rights, my what I see like the people celebrating, it makes sense because they are big CC Zero proponents. A lot of them are have been in crypto for a long term and it buys into the ethos, which I do agree with that part. One thing I would have loved to see, and I've actually talked about this before, is like why can't a collection give the option to opt in to CC Zero? Like, I mean, you already have a mechanism of nesting there. Like, make a separate nest. And if you want to opt in for your NFT that you own individually to be part of a CCO, great. And I really think I would love to have seen a collection do that, where part of it could be CCO, other part could be commercial rights. And that's the only thing I think they made a mistake on is by taking that away from people that thought they had it. But I know there's a lot of people that are happy about it, too. I, I want to add to Simon's point. I think it's a it's a good one. Uh, you know, the way I see it, just from a uh, legal perspective, uh, you have to defend your rights when they get challenged. And um, having some opt in and others opt out would put them in a position to still be, you know, defending for the others that opted in. I think that they wanted a clean break and not having to go any direction on the legal. So, you know, I don't know the you know the reason for it, but. You know, I think that from there it's it's tough because you can't you can't have it both ways because they don't want to act halfway. You can't be a halfway crook, kind of how I see it. Yeah, and, and Simon, I think on that point, um, I think in order for something like that to happen is is they would actually have to grant everyone like like give everyone the rights, not just give everyone a license. Like say like you actually own the IP behind this, and I and if, like someone can correct me if I'm wrong. I don't think we've seen a prominent project actually, you know, like give ownership of the IP rights. It's just mostly been whatever I think you know, the parent project is, is actually doing that. I think they're actually fully giving them the uh, IP rights, not a license as for a sure, sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, so, but, but up until then, you know, it's, it's all been just from what I understand, like the main company granting a license to owners. And I, I think that that is different than actually giving ownership of the IP. It's going to be interesting to follow. Yes, if you want to hear more in depth about from Kevin Rose directly, because I don't want to paraphrase what he came and said, especially it was last night, and I did have a couple glasses of wine. When he... but, um, but definitely go listen back to the last thirty minutes uh, of the show yesterday night, where Kevin Rose spoke about it, and he was saying along the lines that he really wants to be on the right side of history. Those are his words, and that's how he sees it. But I definitely understand how some people may feel otherwise. Uh, Q, I'm going to go to you, Erica, as well, quickly, then I definitely want to start chatting with my girl, Kath, especially on CC0, because I want to hear your take on that. Oh, yeah, thanks very much, Farouk. I mean, I was in the room yesterday when um, Kevin came in, and, you know, he said what he said. And, you know, I just couldn't help myself thinking that um, he's confused. And that means the, the, the reason why I say that he's confused is... You know, part of the reference for him saying that he was going to, you know, be on the right side of history was like, um, you know, looking at what XCopy did and et cetera, et cetera. But, you know, XCopy is like, um, to me, like, you know, Kath, you know, um, traditionally a one of one artist, 
And, um, you know, yes, they may do additions. But, I mean, I want to ask you a question because this goes to it as well. Why did you um, collect the um, LVMH pendant? Well, I collected that just because I, I, I personally think that a brand, I'll bet on a brand like this. And I think that they're going to do great things with the NFT. Like, people just see it as a pendant. But it's not a pendant I collected. I collected the pendant with the underlying NFT. And what can be done with the NFT after this, there's many things. And so in my opinion, down the line, I want to have it, the, the pendant tied to my, to my punk. But we can go into details uh, on that after if you want. If we want yeah, no, no, no. The, the, the point why I'm asking is, you know, um, when, the, when um, Kevin and the Moonbirds team came in with the Moonbirds, right, at 2.5 or whatever it is, you know, you perceive it to be a luxury product in this space because of the price. And the fact that, um, you know, when he's done the bun, um, bum bag and whatever it is, or the fanny bag or whatever, you know, price dropped. And again, the market um, price has dropped again. It just tells you that, you know, this promise of um, luxury or, you know, digital scarcity, like what OSF is talking about, his art, that, you know, because look, I look at this CC0 back to the same thing like the Freemints and stuff like that. You know, hip-hop wouldn't be hip-hop if you didn't have James Brown samples, you know, and it just made um, James Brown a bigger artist. And like what CC, I mean, like what um, um, OSF says about his art, and, you know, I'd love to hear what Kath says, that, you know, it just makes his work, um, you know, more popular. However, I think if you come in with, a, you know, saying you're going to have a luxury brand, and also... Right. This is another this is another thing. This is VC shit. Right. Because you see, you've got um, Ryan Carson with I were well, one, two, I, whatever G his fund is. And when you look at his terms, it's like I can do what the fuck I want anytime I want to do it. I don't have to show you shit. I don't have to say I'm going to do this. So once again, it's like, you know, Kevin is like, all right, then I can just do this. I don't really need to talk to the community and stuff like that, which is what VCs do. So this is why I'm saying there's a slight amount of confusion and it's fine because he's trying to adjust the space and it's cool that he dropped into your room and I suppose he's learning and it might be a stroke of genius. But I just think, you know, when you look at the um, LVMH um, pendant, right, somebody else might have thought, you know what, my Moonbird would be really cool like that. I hope LVMH d uh, do that. But now that whole luxury element um, maybe is just going out of it for some people. I'm done talking. Wow, I'm so lucky I got to follow. I'm done talking. <laughs> um, I'll just go quickly. I, I want to hear from Kath too. But, um, you know, I've definitely been pro CC0 for the past 15 years or so. But yeah, like others, I'm not personally into making major changes to agreements without like any, you know, communication or transparency buy-in. Um, regardless of what agreements we've all quickly signed when FOMOing in. <laughs> um, but yeah, to Simon, Simon, your idea of opting, opting in, it sounds like Multibeast and Remaster are trying to build decentralized legal infrastructure for Web3 so that like, um, I, I don't know a lot about it, but for example, you could sell your NFT, but keep your contract or vice versa. Um, and then just to add, just on the other side of the equation of our NFT agreements, like what we thought we bought into, um, Art can also technically change after Mint, for example, um, with the GVOLs. So I suddenly noticed in my wallet that a major element of the art had changed. And I think Kid8 did that because it was treading on the Gucci logo. But, you know, just like 
for whatever it's worth. Unfortunately, my, you know, my NFTs, the change, you know, given that God is in the details from my point of view or whatever, it kind of ruined them. Um, so yeah, just another interesting conundrum I wanted to throw in. I think, I think the conversation around CC0 is definitely very interesting. Um, for me, the Moonbirds thing is kind of like, I don't know if it's a, the right move to change it afterwards, but at the same time, like I don't know that much about PFPs. But I think that for, for the art, uh, it's definitely a case by case. Like, for example, we've seen so many derivatives uh, of Grant's, uh, his cow, um, art piece and uh, I think that the fact that we have seen like a ton circulating on Twitter is just like really bringing uh, awareness to the original piece um, and then as far as for uh, Free Hawaii Photo uh, I do feel that since I released it people have been using it more um, like especially on travel pages, Facebook pages there's people sending me all the time features um, I think what changed is that now people don't, they even credit me less because they know that they have the permission, but at the same time, it's kind of like facilitating the circulation of this specific image. Specific image. Um, so it's, it's, definitely, it's, it's definitely interesting um, to, to see how my specific project is sort of like turning out. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I think, I think it's, it, it's also a case-by-case. Case. And one of the reasons why I decided to release mine under open license, it's not fully CCO, but I'm thinking about it, um, is, is because it made sense for the story uh, behind this specific image that it got stolen. Um, so yeah, so I think it's definitely like case-by-case. Case. And then for the Moonbirds, um, I can understand why people are upset with the changes. Yeah, that's that's understandable when it goes back on it. And, and there's definitely like I read a tweet about there's a huge difference between like X copy, like hit, giving his body of work like CCO, and then going about it. Actually, I, I asked Coz about it uh, about it, and he was like, "Well, at first I was like, ah, I'm not sure because it's different." And then because obviously paid millions of dollars right for Rackley Save Us guy and all the stuff, and he's like, "But then I saw all the derivatives and everybody having." lord tier access to like x copy or like derivatives of it right and and i and in my mind in my kind of his position changed but um i think i think it's interesting to see kath um i definitely want to get into 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 what you've got coming up i'm actually going to pin it at the top and you know you gave some context quickly about you know free free hawaii and your cc zero photo and, and your take on as a as an artist uh kath samard who arguably is one of the most successful artists, uh, photographers in, in the in the in the NFT uh, Web3 space here. It's been really awesome to watch you uh, grow and glow. And uh, definitely I followed your Patagonia trip very closely. I know we were chatting in the back and you were sending us videos of just the shit you put yourself through uh, to, to, gra to grab the right photo. And it was enough motivation for me in the morning to get going and make no excuses to actually get the shit done. Because when I look at what you go through, it's like, whoa. So, Cass, welcome to the show once again. And I definitely want to hear more about you uh, and about these incredible photos that you've got coming up on Sunday. Uh, tell us more about this drop. Thank you so much. Um, so, for those of you who might not have followed my journey, I was in Patagonia from February uh, up until May, so for three and a half months. And um, 
It was very, very challenging. Uh, first, because Patagonia has like really crazy weather conditions. So sometimes you're just stuck inside and, you know, you, you can't really shoot anything because it's like horizontal rain. Um, or you will go out and then the weather is going to change and then you're going to get stuck in your tent for a few days. But it's definitely part of, um, you know, it, it's part of the journey. And uh, on this specific trip, um, I just really wanted to capture the area in a way that's the most, like, the more unique um, and that is really sort of, like, unique to me as well in, in my, my creative process. So um, I love to do composite photography. I like to do traditional landscape photography as well. But for me, the best way to um create an art piece that is like a, a good representation of myself and and also my creative vision is is really by doing composite photography so those two pieces are uh actually composites uh the one on the left with the moon um is um a composite that is made of different moments um so i actually explored that area uh, f uh i think four times so i went to this spot um, and then first time I didn't find anything I liked. Second time, weather was crap. Third time I brought um, a rope and a harness and I crossed the river by myself. Um, I, there's actually a, um, like a little teaser video that if you guys want to check out, if you click on it. It's the, so good. So you can see where I'm putting my, the harness and then just like dragging myself with my massive backpack, which is like half my weight, it's really hard to cross this river. When I when I brought uh, my videographer to follow me, he was like struggling. He was like, "What the fuck is this?" Uh, so it's it's definitely it's it's definitely a challenge to go the other side. And then we spent like a few days on the other side filming. Uh, but like really for this specific shot, um, I I think it's I think it's really interesting because it's basically a representation of different moments but at the same spot so the first time that I shot those elements I was there by myself and I decided to not bring a tent so I just was there with my sleeping bag my mat and then I fell asleep and then I saw the moon rising slowly and it kind of like woke me up and I d just decided to like you know hike down and have a look and, and the entire glacier was illuminated and then I went back to sleep and the next morning I woke up and there were like low fog, low clouds everywhere. And those conditions are extremely rare in Patagonia in about three and a half months. Like that was the only time this type of conditions ever happened. So what I did with this specific shot is I merged those different moments um, all together to to create this this final shot. Um, and the editing was also like. It, it was very lengthy, but I really wanted to create something that was a representation of different moments merged together. Um, and then the right image, see you on the other side, is actually um, even more heavily composited. So I don't know if you guys saw, I posted some videos with like my tents flying away. So insane, Kat. <laughs> I, it's scary. Talk to us about that. Like This is really crazy. Yeah, so, um, yeah, that specific trip was really, really intense because it was supposed to be, like, just normal weather. And then um, there's just a ton of things that happened. So first, we hit the snow line way earlier than what we expected. So we ended up pitching our tents in the snow. Um, and then, basically, the next morning, um, as my, my friend was just exploring around, there's, like, massive gust winds 
who just swept away my tent and my friend's tent. And I was just by myself. It also knocked down my camera. So it, it broke my camera. And um, it's, it's just, it was just chaos for an hour. I was able to get my tent, put a rock in there, go get my friend's tent, put another rock, just set up everything and then just wait up until the, the wind died. And then like actually on that specific night, um, uh, my tent got completely destroyed. So the outer fly snapped out of uh, my tent. So all of the rain came inside and I had to like emergen emergency pack everything and then go into my friend's tent. And anyway, I'll, I can show the, the, the video later, but it was just like entire chaos. And uh, thankfully on that first uh, day, I was able to capture a little waterfall that I saw going up. So the little waterfall that you're seeing on the right, that was captured before everything happened. Um, so that's only a portion of the photo. Like there's another story for the ice cave. Uh, <laughs> and uh, yeah, like the ice cave was basically a six day trip um, into Valetori. It's a place that only climbers go because it's very dangerous to access. Um, there's like many rock falls and people have died in the past. People have fell in the water. It's just like really, really tricky to get there. So super remote. And I got COVID on that trip. So I remember I was tweeting from my Garmin as well. Um, so if you go back in my feed, there's a few tweets where I'm like, well, I got COVID on the glacier and now I'm just Wait, like, how did you get there. COVID all yeah. alone on the glacier? <laughs> so so uh, the first This is day, science right there. Yeah, yeah, there's a science. I, you know what? The first day that I hiked, um, I was already feeling a little bit sick, but I decided to go anyway. Um, and it was like one degrees, uh, uh, it was um, uh, raining. Uh, so very, very cold. Um, so I feel like maybe just like putting my body through shit like that from day one, just sort of like, I don't know, it made things worse. Um, but then I decided to just keep pushing. And um, yeah, like that night I spent on the glacier, I had like just massive, massive uh, fever. And then it was about minus 15 degrees Celsius. So I would like sweat and then open my sleeping bag and then the sweat would freeze. And then it was just, it was just crazy um, and just very uncomfortable um, and pretty dangerous, to be honest. I could have gotten hyperthermia. Anyway, so I just decided to stay there for um, another six days and I was exploring the area. It was very difficult to navigate because there was snow everywhere. And when there's snow on rocks, it, it's just very slippery so like there was a there's there's no trail there you, you, you're making your own trail it's massive uh, unstable boulders um you know you glacier traverse so you have to have experience for sure crampons uh, i brought like extra gear harness crampons uh, extra pair of boots so my pack was most likely the heaviest i've ever had and um on the last day i still didn't find anything i liked but I saw those like little sort of like crevasses right below the glacier. And I decided to just go in there and then capture the the ice. And I saw this just one one side with that icicle, which I really like. And I spent actually a few hours capturing it. Um, so that's basically the second part of this composite. And then the background is from this other time when I woke up um, above the glacier um with the clouds below so 
I feel like those two images are really sort of like the merge of all of those experiences and uh you know lots of elevation gain and um they were like the, the the two composites that i was the most excited to edit and um i'm not even sure if i'm going to edit anything else from my trip down patagonia so maybe one more shot but maybe not so yeah really excited um and i'm really proud of those pieces so my drop wow. is gonna be, yeah so my drop is gonna be on uh august 7th uh, 6.30 p.m. East. Which is Sunday, right? Yeah. yeah so when Sunday. I saw that, when I saw you do that, and I was like, wait, she doesn't have anything, like, I didn't think you had any spaces or thing going on. You went and busted your ass for months in fucking Patagonia, and now I just finally got COVID this time, fever and glacier, negative 15 degrees Fahrenheit, that's uh, f- Celsius. That's five degrees Fahrenheit for the Americans in here who want to know how fucking cold that is. And 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 it was all you, and you went through all of this, and I saw your drop was on a Sunday. Message Kath, I said, yo, she's like, what's up? I said, you're coming on the show tomorrow. She's like, okay. <laughs> it wasn't even a question. It was like, you're coming on the show. Um, and, and I'm glad you're here because talk about like wanting something as an artist, and you see a lot of success, you'll see Cass' sales in the past, they've sold greatly, and she's had a lot of success in the space, but it doesn't go, it, it didn't come for free, and it came at the cost of, like, her time spent, like, trying to get the perfect fucking shot, and I think this is, like, you're literally one of the most, like, the people who motivates me the most, I just want you to know that, uh, as a friend, because it's insane what you put yourself through to get the freaking shot, and then it's places that I'm I'm not going to Patagonia. I'm, no way. I'm never going there. I'm not going through what you went through. I'm sorry. You I know you told me you want to take me camping and I even told you I'm not going. So so um and <laughs> but it's it's but you went for us because now we get to visit another part of the world that we perhaps will never get to see and we see through your lens. And this is what I find so beautiful. So everybody, like if you want to support that, it's 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 Sunday, August seventh, it's on Nifty Gateway. And, and it's on Kath, uh, Kath, um, Kath profile, but definitely like whether you're buying or not share her work. It's beautiful. Look at the video. Like it gave me shivers. Like it's so well done. Shout out to Matt, by the way, right? Scobo who, who helped you with all of this as well. It's a great guy. I love him. It was cool to meet him, but Kath, like this is so freaking sick. I don't know if there's anything else you want to add or whatnot, but just like, you know, it's just, I could speak to you forever. I just think this is really, really, really cool. Or maybe if anybody else that's on stage right now has a question for Kath, you're more than welcome to ask. No question, but Kath, you're a badass. Like, you really Thanks. are. Like, what, what you do going out there and taking those, like, it's insane. Like, absolutely insane. And these photos are absurd. Um, one question, are they CC0? It's a great question. <laughs> <laughs> they're, not, uh, they're not, but I do plan on releasing uh, more work under CC0. That's for Oh, my sure. God. No, CC0? <clears throat> oh, my God. Fuck. Farouk, I'm going <laughs> <laughs> to have to, I'm going to convince you someday. I'll bring you on something easy. Fine, you know? I'll go. I'll go on a VR, like an RV ride. Or VR, <laughs> okay, whatever all right. it's called. VR. I'll camp VR and I'll or on RV. Okay, uh, I'm not sleeping in a tent. I hate it. Um, I'm a city boy. You know, I was born in Paris, live in Montreal. Uh, but it's uh, <laughs> not yet. I, not yet. 
<laughs> the only way to get me camping if you convince my girlfriend. Uh, but and and I know she'd probably be down. But it's Vanessa. Um, we're going camping. She's not here this morning. Uh huh. She can't hear you. Um. And so, <laughs> I guess we'll, we'll we'll find something and 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 we'll go somewhere. But Kath, like I'm I'm really happy you managed to join us and 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 come. I actually um, today out of all days is we're talking about CC Zero and a lot of on on art and to share what you've done. Uh, big congratulations. Uh, I'm ahead of Sunday. I know it's going to sell out. I know it's going to be, I know it's going to be something that people are going to love and cherish. And so definitely appreciate you for, for putting, um, you know, your work out there. Everybody, if you're listening in live, definitely give Kath a follow. If you're listening on replay on other social platforms, cause we're everywhere now. We're everywhere. Uh, you can follow Kath Samard, C-A-T-H-S-I-M-A-R-D. And also don't forget to pick up your DJs, your rec guys, and your rug radio NFTs, because we're out here. We're out here every single day getting the damn thing done. Uh, for the rug radio holders, in three hours, 3 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we have Town Hall updates on all things. Nomando's going to be here, and a couple other people is going to be great. Sadly, Kevin Rose decided to have his parliament at the same time, so don't worry. Uh, we'll record it, and we'll share you guys notes, as we do every, every other week when we have our Town Halls. And with that, that wraps up another really, really Really good week uh, of uh, Rug Radio GM NFTs. Uh, next week, we have some dope guests starting by Monday. Monday, dude, Mando, I'm so freaking excited for Monday. You got Art Gnome to come on. Like, it doesn't get more OG than that. Uh, just like someone I've literally always wanted to speak with uh, in this space. Like, this is like, wow. It's going to be hard to top that. Yeah, it's going to be awesome. We've got, I think we've got a big week. Um, we have guests on pretty much every day. Um, yeah, we have Chimper is coming next week. Uh, we have a couple of others that I'm working on. And then the week after, we already got Beeple. We got CEO of Polygon Studios. Like, we're out here. Like, there is, there's, and we have a lot of guests on the back burner, too. So we've been sending out a lot of messages, and we're chatting with a lot of people. So um, it's going to be great. I'm really high. Brian, see your hand raised. Yeah, quick question for Kev. Um, so uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I mean, I, I, I don't remember exactly, but is there a, uh, is there a raffle uh, for these editions if you own uh, like oh, the hotel? Uh, I think I saw that, but I don't remember exactly. Yeah, so both images, they are ranked auctions. Um, so there's one that's going to be an edition of uh, 44 and the other is 11. And then the, the raffle is actually, it's a new um, BTS collection. So uh, if you've seen the video, I'm basically going to pull some stills from the video plus other moments so i just wanted to create a collection that feels a little bit more intimate and um also i think it's cool to showcase some like you know like me crossing a river or something that is telling the story behind those two pieces so um for the raffle basically if you bid above five thousand dollars for the edition of 44 or i think it's above 1500 for the uh, sorry opposite 5,000 for the 11 and then 1,500 for the 44, then you get a chance to get a piece. And I'm, I'm, I'm giving away 11 pieces from that specific collection. So um, you have a pretty, you'll have a pretty good chance. So that's the, that's the raffle. Uh, the collection minted, is minted on OpenSea. Also, one thing to mention is that the two pieces on Nifty Getaway, they are uh, minted on, um, on my own smart contract. So it's going to be manifold. And I really wanted to do that. I, 
I think that it's just so important and that's just something that I want to do moving forward. So yeah. So uh, yeah, this, those you, two you've things. always done it like that. I love that. Yeah. I, I think, I think it's the best. Um, so yeah. So that's, that's the raffle. Thank there you, you go. There you go. And as usual, it's noon. The church bells are ringing in Montreal. Just so y'all know, I'm not kidding when I say that every day. You hear them? Hell yeah. You gotta love Montreal. It's 12. This wraps up another incredible week of GM NFTs on Rug Radio. A huge shout out, as usual, to my co-hosts, OSF and Mando. A big thank you to our guest today, Kath Samard. Um, really excited for Sunday. I'm going to be looking forward um, to that as well. And also to just all the work and awesome work that you're going to have coming up uh, for us to enjoy. A big thank you to 5511, Brian, Erica, Golden, who's going to post a thread as usual and then upload everything everywhere. Um, there was also Q earlier on stage and a bunch of other people. So thank you very much, everyone, for coming up. And we will see you next Monday, 10.30 a.m. Eastern Standard Time, 7.30 a.m. Pacific Standard Time with special guest Art Gnome. And with that, peace out. Have a beautiful weekend. Enjoy it as much as possible. Go outside. Make love to your girlfriend or boyfriend. And, uh, and have a great time. Peace out. And it's a beautiful day. You have a beautiful day. A GFGM. On this beautiful day. Good morning, NFTs. With Oroco, Seth, and Mando. Got the Alpha on Rug 3. And it's all on Rug Radio. It's a beautiful day. You have a beautiful day. A GMGM. Rock Radio. Love y'all, fam.